0: The Peace and Liberty Podcast, Episode 3. Hey, everybody, Stephen Clyde from the Peace and Liberty podcast. We have a really, really fun show for you today because I'm going to give you a hint, guys. Life is not all about politics. There is more to life. And we're talking to a guy named Anthony Samroff. He's been on the Tom Woods show many times. He uh, hosts a show called the the Scottish Liberty podcast with a friend. And uh, I'm happy to bring on Anthony Samroff. Happy to have you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me on Peace and Liberty podcast and so early on as well. Episode 3, what a privilege. Good to join you, Steve.
0: Oh, thanks for taking the time to do this. So I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you, because this is actually the first time you and you've actually spoken. Uh, We've been friends on Facebook for a while and uh, I've seen you on the Tom Woods Elite. Tell me about yourself. Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? Um, How did you get into politics? Uh, Yeah, just give me a short story of yourself.
1: Well, I grew up in Scotland, where I still reside. Uh, the clue is in the title of my notorious podcast, the Scottish Liberty Podcast, perhaps the most potty-mouthed libertarian podcast on the internet, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> more, of course, on the part of my collaborator, Tom Laird, uh, leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party, uh, slightly somewhat more potty-mouthed than me. Um, so, But nonetheless where was i okay i grew up in scotland that bastion of um classic liberal free market and libertarian thought oh no wait that was in the 18th century in this century uh scotland is a very socialist country very left wing and um, it's socially acceptable to be a communist or an anarcho-communist in many circles and um, most people are very left of center although they consider themselves to be slightly left of centre. Now, when I was growing up, I was in the liberal, progressive, I wouldn't have described myself as socialist, but I was definitely left on the political spectrum. And that was partly because of the dialogue we were given, and it really was a dialogue. I mean, you were either a left winger or a right winger, right? And in my mind, the package deal was if you're into civil liberties, you're against war, then you must be against capitalism. And if you're for capitalism, then you must be for the wars and you must be into the surveillance state and stuff like that. So, right. Now, I wasn't an out and out capital uh sorry anti-capitalist i would say i believed in the mixed economy so maybe something like denmark or something like that um i would i would have i i believed that we needed the government to regulate capitalism i was a third way a third way or you know a new um yeah you're like uh kind of cleaned up capitalism 70s style cleaned up capitalism and i would have to say that even within that i was quite broad-minded i think like I, I, I read about things like the Federal Reserve and things like that through the conspiracy theorists and that wasn't something that the um, the left were talking about. I, I cared about environmental issues so I might have said it was the, a green. But even then, even when I was on the liberal side of the, not classic, but progressive liberal side of the political spectrum, I remember hearing some stuff on the internet um, about gun control and uh, I heard um a radio and a radio advert where someone was like gun control sounds like a good idea right sounds like a good idea and then and then the progression of the advert was that one said that you can only just dis- you'll only disarm like criminals don't obey the law so if you disarm people, criminals will still get guns. And then the other advert said something like, Over a hundred thousand crimes are prevented a year uh, by law-abiding citizens carrying guns in the USA. And I was and when I heard those, I instantly went, Oh, wait a minute. Like I might you know, that is actually quite compelling. I and and so Even when I was on the left side of the political spectrum, I was still quite open-minded and I still tried to um, align my views with reality. I had a dad who was a conservative, but, you know, he's always a conservative. He was an ideological conservative. So when I debated him, he didn't read Milton Friedman or Mises. So that gave me the impression that my views were stronger than they were. It was only around 2007, 2008, with the advent of Ron Paul, I was putting some progressive uh, political videos on YouTube, and people started gatecrashing me and Debating with me, libertarians, uh, putting forward the case for capitalism. Ron Paul blew my mind because he was the first uh, conservative that I'd ever seen that was against the war and for civil liberties. And oh, me blew too. my head apart. Yeah, it took me two or three years to become a libertarian. So my my views were seriously well considered. I just kept on migrating, migrating away from the left. Left to I never dropped. I never dropped it. I never had a conversion experience. So that's my long winded answer to your question.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that sounds very similar to my path. Um, I, I think when I turned 18, I just immediately turned to a socialist ideology because I remember my first semester in college, I took an English class and a sociology class and my teachers were very much center of left and they were open about it. Um so growing up in that environment I guess another thing I was going to ask you is you mentioned your dad was conservative but what other what were the other people in your family saying what were people in your immediate vicinity saying and I, also one more thing odd before you answer is uh I, I remember on the Tom Wood show you mentioned that well let me let me phrase it this way I remember Walter Block would ask um Murray Rothbard how many libertarians are there and Murray Rothbard would say 25 mm. so I guess, I guess you, when you started your movement you know you said you felt like one of the few so Yeah there was no no one no one had even heard the word libertarian in Scotland. Right, that's the only way you
1: it. only very politically active, very left-wing people, like proper out-and-out communists, who were obsessed with reading about politics, knew the term libertarian at my university when I studied. So we've come on somewhat since then. We maybe have twenty-five libertarians in Scotland, even well, we do, but um, <laughs> we can't get twenty-five to a meeting. So. Um yeah, I sorry, I, yeah, people in my environment, I didn't really come up against many people who were advocates of capitalism, maybe every now and then on a holiday or something like that. Some adult would say something that would raise my eyebrow, but they weren't like if I met me at 32, which is the age I am now, when I was 17, we would the two of us would have conversation after conversation after conversation and debates. I probably would have been able to convert myself because um that even, maybe not right away, but over time, because me at that age was looking for the truth. And yeah, I was resistant to changing my opinion. And it did take me two or three years. But that is just um, a sign of my... Reg- Sorry, it sounds like I'm talking myself up, but I'm not. The reason why I mention this is because I was very surprised when I went out into the world. And I found that some people, to all intents and purposes, seem not to value the truth more highly than their prejudices. You know, and um, I assumed that if you gave people better information, that they would that they would eventually come round to uh, the the opinion congruent with the better information, and it was su- based on my own experience, based on the fact that I did that, and I was actually surprised to find out that some that that actually valuing the truth above all is is quite a rare quality.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, when I listen to people like Stefan and Tom, you know, just the red pill type of uh, commentaries, um, that really opens your eyes to what else is out there in the world. And I remember you mentioned uh, the ethos, pathos, and logos. Uh, would you like to talk right. about that for a moment?
1: Yeah, and this is an important stuff, because if you do want to be convincing, there, according to Aristotle, he said there were three parts to... convincing argument one is only one is the logic and libertarians we're really really good at the logic but the other thing our pathos and ethos and having credibility and having um a personable character an emotional appeal an emotional appeal so your argument needs to be logical emotionally appealing and it also you have to have credibility as a speaker and one way to get credibility as a speaker is to be personable. People should like you. People should admire you. You should be seen to be an integrous person that goes around your life dealing with people fairly because when they like you, they take what you have to say seriously. So this is all good stuff. It's all about developing a good character. And If you want to go out and convert people, the best, most important thing that you can learn to do is before you I'm not saying that I'm perfect at carrying this out, especially not online. I'm very good at it in person at times. At least when I don't know people well, it's easier to go nuts at your friends, right?
0: Oh, yes. But
1: but when I'm debating with someone I don't know, it's see when they say something you disagree with. Step one, don't try and prove them wrong right away. The first thing you should do is say, why do you believe that? Or what led you to conclude? conclusion that conclusion or based on what evidence right give them the chance give them the chance to justify their belief
0: first absolutely i think i think i think i'll let you continue in one second but i think when i debate when i debate people i try to find something we agree on first Mm -hmm. because if you can do that it's almost like they start off liking you. It's like, man, this guy agrees with me. And then yeah. you then you then you, you know, turn them on their head with something and they, they don't know yes. what to think. But yeah, yeah, go ahead and continue your thought, but I I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I totally.
1: Yeah, agree. so so we we're, we we're, we're, we're distilling it to a formula. So first step one, um, listen and don't interrupt what they have to say because uh, that will create courtesy. And even if you've heard it 100 times before, try and put on a face like that's not going, oh, I'm sick of hearing these stupid statist arguments, right? Uh, present yourself. You know, present yourself as the person that you would like like to be seen as. Secondly, ask them why, what led them to their conclusion. And then thirdly, once they're done, paraphrase what they've said in your own words in a, one or two sentences. The shorter, the better. And ask them if you've got them right. So say, do you, so are you saying that? X, Y, Z. And then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they'll say, yeah, and, but also this, right? See if you they feel understood, then you're in a perfect position to say, interesting, I understand it differently, and then explain how you see it. And if you would like more information on this, I did write an article once called How to Change People's Mind. It's on a website called Waking Times. So if you type I'll in Waking Times... Yeah, yeah, please, because because it was a well loved article. People gave me positive feedback on it. But the main thing is not to read the article, but just practice those. Like, try it out. Try out summarizing someone's position and asking them how they reach that conclusion before contradicting them. Like, make it your job to do it six to twelve times, because see if it works well. You won't need my advice. You'll do it again anyway, because you know right. that it
0: works. I, I think this is really good advice, and this is going to lead to a great discussion, which is the ultimate one I wanted to have, which is, how do you live a happy life? I mean, I think a lot of libertarians are so stressed. I think anyone involved in politics is so stressed because it always, everyone's telling you the world's about to end when it's not yeah. true. Um, before I lead into this, I just wanted to, wanted to ask, um, when did you start your Scottish Liberty podcast, and when was the exact time you, you felt you became a libertarian?
1: Right um i started liberty podcast about a year and a half ago maybe a little bit longer than that i have been a libertarian for nearly a decade now believe it or not wow Uh, yeah so i was on that road to becoming a libertarian as of maybe 2007 so click 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 it took me a couple of years i first became an anarchist without adjectives which if your audience haven't heard that term before there's you know there's anarcho-capitalism and there's anarcho-socialism or anarcho-communism the traditional form of anarchism Mm -hmm. as defined by you know the the first anarchists. they they consider themselves to to be socialists, and an anarchist without adjectives was something in the middle right which essentially uh I'm I'm not particularly anarcho-capitalist. And I guess I became, I like to be identified as a voluntarist because voluntarism is not just a political philosophy. It is a moral philosophy. If I'm a voluntarist, that means that in the same way if you're a utilitarian, you believe the good is what creates the greatest happiness for the greatest number. For me as a voluntarist, the good is non-coercion. You don't hit people, you don't take people's stuff, you don't uh, damage them by lying, you know, bear false witness. Okay. Exactly. So so that's a moral philosophy. That's something that I carry out, that you carry out, that most people do. And we say, what is the consequence of that? Well, it's anarchism, uh, it's uh, voluntarism. You could say anarcho-capitalism. I don't prefer that word because it suggests that it's only about economics. It's not just about economics, it's about non-coercion. This <laughs> time...
0: You could start a much nicer debate saying a voluntarist because or voluntarist because yeah, but people,
1: people don't know what it means. unfortunately. for exactly,
0: exactly, when people yeah. hear anarchist, I mean, you, you could have a left anarchist that that goes after you, or right anarchist that goes after you. Like it's just it, it causes trouble right off the bat. But a yeah, voluntarist, like it's like, huh, tell me about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, because people don't have any associations with it. Well, maybe I should say that more. Now, my answer to your other question, which was uh, how do you live a happy life today? ties in very much with that question because I said let's forget about the political sphere for a second let's start with the personal sphere what is morality for me and then let's apply that to the political sphere and my beliefs about how to live a happy life are very much tied in with uh, that concept in a sense because that's also happiness is an inside job essentially, right? We're right. still in a free enough society. You're not in a gulag, okay? Yes, the government is gonna steal 40% of your income, if you, at least if you've got a decent pay, okay? But life's a bitch and then you, or let's say life's a rip off and then you die. So pay the rip off and get by, right? Focus on the areas of your life that are un, the most under con, your control. Um, I've got a personal development podcast it's called Be Yourself and Love It podcast I put it out every week and that is to help uh, uplift the world I've got um, podcasts on how to become more productive uh, uh, how to achieve your goals how to have better relationships how to improve your physical health and so forth and what have you right you cannot necessarily get so how to live a happy life one thing is uh, Career wise get some skills that are of value to other people if you're a young person get a job to learn skills don't get the one that's going to pay you the most because um, You'll never make that much money working for someone else learn some skills once you've learned all the skills there are if there's no Promotion to another job when you learn skills change keep on learning skills until you're such a skilled person You can start your own business or you can get a management position in a job that you like skills are freedom Okay, that's one thing. In the romantic sphere, don't just go for the first person that likes you that you're in love with. Like, learn, learn what it takes to have a good relationship. I've got some good podcasts on good communication. You can read books like Nonviolent Communication. You can read books like uh, Getting the Love You Want, uh, Hold Me Tight. Um, those are two really, really good books. Um, and then if you uh, they're so, And again, this is professional life, relationship, get good friends. Uh, a good test of a friendship is that when, if someone says, if someone does something that ruffles your feathers and you say, you know, when you did that, I felt this, without accusing them, then they, they go... They They actually go, oh, sorry, I didn't mean, or do you want to speak about that? Or, you know, they initiate, be good at that. Be the person that's good at initiating conversations. Be the person that's good at resolving conflicts in a non-confrontational manner so that you can attract other friends into your life who do that. Um, And just the way to live a good life is to take your life seriously. Look at the areas that need work and could be improved And start working a little bit to improve them, learn things about how to achieve success in those areas and then teach them to your friends. You know, you could put a little YouTube Facebook live stream to teach people the things that you've learned. Right. Because when we disseminate these principles and how to live a good life and how we've solved our problems, we empower people to solve their own problems, to become independent, to become self-reliant. And I think one of the reasons why we have such a big state is people don't believe that they could do without it. So how totally do great. we how do we get to a point where we can do without the state? Well, first we uplift ourselves so that we are independent and helpful to others, and then we help other people raise themselves to that level. <clears throat> then, <clears throat> since the state, in order to sustain the state, they need to wait, uh, waste 11 to 13 years of people's lives in a mandatory education system where they don't learn any skills.
0: Why? <laughs> well, what do you put it like that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Why? Because if everyone came out of the education system le- knowing at least one skill that would um, uh, fetch them 10 to 15 bucks an hour, what the, what the hell would they need the state for? Five years later, they'll be earning 25 five thirty dollars an hour, all the poor people will start doing what middle class people do, taking their kids out of the public schools and putting them into private schools, taking their kids out of the state subsidized hospitals, which are like terrible, and getting health insurance privately. So they don't need the state for that anymore. Then after that, I don't know, private security, whatever. They'll start if people are allowed to become rich and um, independent, they just We'll get private substitutes for what the state does because the private options are better. The only thing stopping them is they don't have the money. Why don't they have the money? Because 11 to 13 years of their life was wasted where they didn't learn any skills. So the 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 state is the crusher of human potential. So oh, absolutely! If you
0: want to- it's it's it, the metaphor. I, I think Reagan used it. It's like the government breaks your leg and hands you a crutch, and uh, you know, says, "How are you going to walk without yeah. me?" Or a better a better representation is the government is like a kidnapper. They kidnap yeah. you and pit you in your and put you in the basement, and they slide in a plate of food every once in a while, and every once in a while they say, "Star without me." Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's 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 essentially what the government it's is. Creepy. So. I I really love the way you you phrase all this. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you have a really beautiful way of putting things that's really motivational. That'll really make someone think, huh, I could be doing so much more than arguing with somebody on Facebook because let's, let's be honest, uh, Facebook, is not going to change the world? Um, People Mm -hmm. are going to change the world. Uh, We were going to change the world with our ideas. Ideas can change the world. So I guess uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you is to kind of wrap this up is um, you've called yourself a personal life coach, is no. there a way? Is there is there a way people can reach out to you and and for, for advice or just uh, do you? Have- oh yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And um, you can email me at Anthony at BeYourselfAndLoveIt.com. I called it BeYourselfAndLoveIt.com com because that is the transformation I want to bring to the world. You know, um, be yourself and love it. Being yourself isn't enough because when I say to people. Well, when someone says you, "be yourself," a lot of people will be thinking, like, "What you, you know, the crappy one that didn't get dates at school—that is <laughs> right, the like—that's the, la- the last person I want to be." So that has um a little more. And what I do in my work is I help people discover how wonderful they are. It sounds cheesy, but but you know that's what I have the privilege of doing on this planet. And and um, I I I worked a long time to be in a position to do that. Um, I so if you want to know a little bit about what that looks like for anyone who might be interested in some help uh, getting to their potential and uh, what I do is I listen to people really carefully and I am um, first of all first and foremost make sure they feel completely understood by me using some of the methods that we've discussed here that's the most important thing that when people feel understood that is the first stage of healing because that's just a load off right, right. but in that through that process, and then able, because I've listened so well, to ask questions that help send their minds off in other directions, broaden their thinking and consider things they haven't um, considered before. Now, if I know something that's going to help someone, I don't keep it to myself. I will share it. But I don't see my main job in my work as being an educator. Because if people want to learn stuff, I'll put out a YouTube live stream. You know, I don't need to teach my clients. What they need is a healing experience, right?
0: And that yeah, they happens. Need, they, need to, they need to realize they can do things themselves. And, you exactly. know, some, some people need to be exactly. up for that first time and yeah. get over that first hump. I can't tell you how much, Anthony. Um, I've been listening yeah. to Jordan Peterson the past year. How, yeah. much, my, how much my life changed by making wow. a few changes? I'm so
1: glad to hear it.
0: Yeah, just uh, doing things like waking up and making my bed, cleaning my apartment, having things in order. Like when you look around, like is it is it chaos or is it is it in order? Just little things can really, really change your life. And it, Anthony, it's it's been so great having you on. I'm going to wrap up here, but where okay, can we okay. where, where, where can we find you? I'm going to link to everything. I'm going to link to all your appearances on Tom Woods. I'm going to I'm going to link to your personal website. So just shout out some links, yeah. and uh, we'll uh, we'll link to them all.
1: Great, thank you so much. So you can find me at beyourselfandloveit.com. If you want my free book, Procrastination Annihilation, which you should definitely want, because it's very short, you can read it in two hours and it will help you. You can get it at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. So please download my free book, read it, don't put it off too long, and send me an email to let me know what you think. So far, the feedback's been great, so I hope it helps you too.
0: Thank you so much, Anthony. We really appreciate it. Uh, My name is Stephen Clyde. This is the Peace and Liberty podcast, as always, for Peace and Liberty. Thank you all. See you tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Please like, follow, donate, subscribe, and share. Any donations will be used to reach more people.